Sporting Beards, episode number 89. Chase, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm trying to stay even keeled. <laughs> this, this was a, a wild weekend. Lots of sports. I'm not used to uh, my team being in it still and having to watch them and the Cowboys in the same day. Well, at least not a lot. <laughs> yeah, not this team, exactly. But yeah, no, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Tuesday night. It is a Tuesday yeah. night that we are recording. It's a weird one. It's definitely, it feels weird. It does feel weird. Because, um, yes, uh, the Cowboys had Monday night football last night. And I know you're not necessarily as much as I am to where I want to see every every snap of the Cowboys game. No, but I get it. Yeah, it, you only get, at this point now, at least 17 games a season. You know, like... There's no only only so many, even if it's against the Chargers and ugh. yeah, I know. I mean, last last year we moved a couple of them because of Monday Night Football. We moved we moved a recording because of an Astros playoff World game. Series. I think it was the World Series. A yeah. couple of different games. I think yeah. last year during the postseason, you know, we we ended up recording like super super late one night because we were recording. We were planning on recording the day that the Astros and Mariners went 18 innings. And so we were recording like two hours later than what we were supposed to. Yeah. Because we didn't want to record during that game. Yeah. I mean, it's tough when we mostly record at night, we're going to have a bunch of games that end up getting in the way sometimes. So, yeah. So just got to move things around, but it's only about one day. It's not, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be as much as it feels like it because it feels like we moved it like by like four days. <laughs> I know it does. It it feels really weird because we're so used to Saturday, Sunday watching everything, and then Monday, boom, we talk about it. Yeah. Now it's been a whole extra day, but not only that, but we had two playoff baseball games yesterday, the Cowboys Monday night game. So it was just a lot. But I'm doing. Yeah. Good. How are you doing, Joyce? I'm doing okay. Okay, I will. I would like to. I'd like to report real quick that uh, Joyce is usually a back backwards hat guy. He's usually (laughs) chilling with his hat backwards. He's got his hat forward today. I feel like that's because he's serious. We'll get into that. Maybe. (laughs) I've I've been wearing it forward a little bit lately. Okay. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Maybe that is the problem. It is always us has nothing yeah. to do with what's actually on the field. It's what we do in our lives. Yeah, we affect the games. <laughs> yeah, what 100%. we wear, <laughs> how we wear it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, though? So, like, I I had showered before the game Sunday night, and so I had a Verlander T-shirt on. And what I usually do is whenever the shirt that I put on, because I work from home, so the shirt that I put on after I shower that night I sleep with my shirt off, so it's just sitting on the side. So I end up wearing that shirt the next day. So I was still wearing the Verlander shirt at the beginning of the game yesterday. And when it was after after Heim hit the home run to make it 5-1, I went upstairs and changed shirts. <laughs> it almost worked. <laughs> and they still should have came back and won the game. But we'll get into that in a second. We will. Yeah, we will. Uh-oh. We just got Schwarbaum so, Schor- number two. Yeah, third one in two games, right? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, – it actually worked out because Tuesday is actually the off day for our series. Yeah. Um, but we are watching 
the NLDS, right? Or NLCS, right now. NLCS. Yeah, my bad. Uh, between the Diamondbacks and Phillies. So far, pretty one-sided, but we'll get into that as well. But I have that going on and over to the side. I do as well. Um, oh. So episode 89. 89. Do you, uh, do you have an 89? I had a couple. I had a couple that came to mind. Um, one of them, I I wasn't sure. Had to look up and stuff. But first one was Steve Smith. He, Steve Smith Senior. Yeah, Senior. That's true. That's true. My bad. <laughs> uh, especially at least during our lifetime of football watching, one of the best to do it. He was so much fun to watch. He the run after catch and the run after contact was just insane from Steve Smith. It was exciting. Yeah. That dude was a badass. Like, yes, no stop badass. It went to the Super Bowl with Carolina, right? With Jake DeLone that year, was he? The, I think was he, he was on that team. Yeah, he was a youngster in that then, but I'm pretty sure he was on. I that think team. he was. Yeah. So yeah, dude, he was a beast. I don't know, Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of almost Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, I'm I'm like an actual Hall of Famer. Like when you it. I don't think he was. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think so either. But okay, so he's the only player eligible within the top nine of all-time receiving yards to not be in the Hall. Yeah, he's the eighth leading receiver. He was on that Carolina team, by the way. He has been kind of crazy in the media lately, but <laughs> well, that's just kind of <laughs> that's just who he is. He 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 ran his mouth a lot during during his career. <laughs> It hasn't yeah, stopped. He, he's not shy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not shy. Not only did he run after the catch, but he runs his mouth. Uh, another 89, though. Um, current one, Mark Andrews. Just a beast mm. tied in. Like, basically the receiving core in Baltimore. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So Mark Andrews, and then I had one more. This is the one that I was—I thought so, but I wasn't sure because he's been a, a few different numbers now. Currently number two for the Browns, wore number 19 for the Cowboys, us. But he was number 89 in Oakland, Amari Cooper. Okay. So I feel got, like those are some, some big ones. I've got one more for you. Okay. He's not, you know, he's not Steve Smith level, but I always loved watching him play. Santana Moss. Oh, yes. Santana Moss is a good one, dude. I enjoyed watching him play, too. He was fun. Yeah. Never, never like, one of the best receivers in the NFL, but just consistent for a long time. Consistent for a long time, and then he would pop off for a week or two and be, like, the best receiver that week or so. <laughs> yeah, and, and he never played with good quarterbacks. Like ever. Exactly. Yep. Spent his whole career on bad teams, pretty much. So, 89s have hands. That's what I'm hearing. Well, the entirety of the 80s basically had hands. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's going to get tough. We start getting into the 90s, it's going to be all defensive linemen. So, yeah. Be ready for that. And Manny Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Judge in 10 episodes. You know. That's there's the a, same one as Manny. Yeah. There's, there's a few. True. Uh, so, as far as the champions, we've got a lot of sweeps and blowouts in the champions in 89. Uh, the A's swept the Giants in the San Fr- in the the Bay series, and that was the series where there was a a massive earthquake during one of the games. Oh yeah, 
there's even like a, a video that floated around at one point and it's like of the broadcast and they're just talking and then all of a sudden it just goes black, but you can still hear them. Yeah. And it's like it's crazy. What? <laughs> yeah. That was insane. Um, the 49ers beat the Broncos 55 to 10 in the Super Bowl. Oof, 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 oof. Steve that, Young? Uh, or, or 80, Joe Montana? 89 was still Joe Montana. Okay, okay. It was Montana and Elway. And then the Pistons swept the Lakers in four in the NBA. Oof. And then the Miami Hurricanes won their third title in seven years with three different coaches. The U. Which is probably the most impressive thing in college to win three titles in seven years with three different coaches. That's actually insane. Yeah. Wow. Because you had Howard Schnellenberger won in 83. And then uh, Jimmy Johnson came in, won a title with them, but then left for the Cowboys. And Dennis Erickson came in and won a title in 89. Dang, dude, that's insane. That's actually yeah. pretty fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. The U. The U. Three, three and seven with three different coaches. That's insane. What are they feeding them boys down there? Well, whatever they were feeding them, they're not feeding them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those those are the titles from 1989. We're we're gonna do we're gonna do baseball again to start. Before we get into before we get into the LCS series, I do I do want to want to circle back and kind of close the book on the division series slash the talk about the the time off stuff. I went back and looked at every series, every division series since 1995 when that became a thing. Okay, and what I did is I notated how often the higher a higher seed lost each year okay so i've got a couple of of stat points here all in all the higher seed is 71 and 45 versus the lower seed okay which is higher than i would have thought but yeah that is pretty high here's here's where me and you are thinking that's a high number since 2010, it's an even split, 28 and 28. So the last 14 oh. years, the higher seed, lower seed, it's a coin flip. Gotcha. Now, a lot of people are going crazy about two, two high seeds going down last year and three high seeds going down this year, but three also went down in 21, in 14, in 2012, in, in 2006 and 2003, we had three higher seeds lose in the division series. This is not new. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of where I was, where I was thinking is that people are kind of overreacting to the moment as far as higher seeds losing. It's something that's just kind of happens in baseball. We just happen to have like the top four records in baseball not make it to the LCSs this year. It just happened to have all of them ended up losing. That's the only right. weird part. Yeah, and you know, if this if it goes on if we have another 
you know, five years from now, if it's still every year at least two of the higher seeds loses and, you know, half the time the three of them are losing, then maybe we have a problem. But it's still too early to say that, I think. Because I, I guess mean, it's you look fair. at a run, like the run from, from 2010 all the way through 2017, at least two of the higher seeds lost every single year. And then 18, 19, and 20, the higher seeds went a com- – they only lost two. Oh, damn. Okay. Total, those three years. So those three years are kind of coloring what we're looking at here. But, again, 2021, three of them went down. Now, the the, the stat that is going to make you roll your eyes is that if you go back to 2017 and you the overall record – is uh, for the higher seeds is 16 and 12, but if you take out the Astros, it's 9 and 12. So non-Astros teams in the division, non-Astros higher seeds in the division series for the last seven years are 9 and 12. Yeah, kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, but yeah, no, I mean, you're right. That's It's yeah. definitely, that's there. Because the Astros are the only team seven, that haven't been affected seven, by the, that hadn't been affected in the division series by the extra rest. That's the reason I say that. I feel you. That makes sense. No, I mean, it ended up actually, to be honest, like not being that crazy because then, I mean, I don't know where I was really going with that, but the DS has ended up being basically lopsided. It's just weird. It's just weird. But I mean, it's going to happen from time to time. I mean, you can point to reasons in each series why it happened. And it's just kind of, you know, it's weird because it happened all at the same time. But, like, the the Dodgers won over 100 games. But if you look at that pitching staff by the end of the season, they had nothing. My grandpa's 83 years old, and he said all we had was Kershaw, and they they got to him. So there was nothing else we could do. (laughs) And he's not wrong. Even he could could tell that. their rotation was completely battered. Like, I still mm-hmm. don't know how the Dodgers won 100 games. It doesn't make sense. When you look at who was actually on the roster this year, well, it doesn't Mookie make a ton of sense. And... I'm talking about from a pitching standpoint. The, the well, offense is true. obviously good. But even then, outside of outside of Mookie and Freeman and Will Smith, there's not a lot there. Well, there's the not, but they carried them, and that's they were both having MVP caliber seasons, and they both went completely blank. In, in the division series. So, I mean, that th- the Dodgers might have been able to keep winning without a pitching staff if they just would have shown up, but they didn't. So that kind of shows to me how important those two guys really were to that team during the regular season. Yeah. But it doesn't matter at this point. They're sitting at home watching like most of them. Yeah. And then, and then Braves, Braves and Phillies, I mean, the Phillies beat the Braves last year, so it's not like it's a, sh- a, a huge shock for them to beat them this year. Agreed. It just felt like, I mean, we both said it multiple times. We didn't see a team that could beat them in a seven-game series, but you also don't take into consideration the rivalry. (laughs) I didn't think about the fact that they would end up possibly, most likely having to face Philly, and they see each other a lot. They played in the playoffs last year, lost to them last year. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, if there was one team that could have taken them out this year, it it probably would have have to have been Philly and they did. So, yeah. 
One thing that kind of weirds me out about the way that they have the playoffs set up, and it, it literally just occurred to me, is the fact that why is the one seed set up to face the three seed? The I didn't like series? that either. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I know that like you're, the way you're setting it up is so that the the six seed would have to play the one seed if they're able to get past the three. I feel like they should reseed. I think like, they should reseed too. Football reseeds. I mean, it, it makes the most sense to reseed. Yeah. Especially when it when it comes to the whole reason you have a 162 game season, it's got to mean something. And it, I think the reseeding would help that a lot. Or actually, no, I'm wrong. The uh, the Braves didn't play the, the three seed because the three seed was the was the Brewers. Okay. Because the division champ, so it is. Uh, it is set up the way that I thought. The way that I thought it was. So that's just me being dumb. Well, I, I went along. I with still you. think they should reseed after the after the wild. I card. think so too. I agree. I don't know. This year it might not have even mattered. It may not have. It, it wouldn't have because the the rate the Orioles would have still played the Rangers. The True. Astros still would have played them the Twins. I guess the the only difference is that the no no the the Braves would have played the Diamondbacks if if they reseeded. Oh yeah, the, yeah, definitely over there because they the would. Have, you're right because the Diamondbacks were the were the lowest the seed. Five. They were the six. They were the five. Yeah, yeah. They were the five. the the Mar- the uh, the Marlins were the six. That's right. No, I don't know. Whatever, they should reseed. Yes. <laughs> Baseball. All right, let's get to the let's let's get to the series. Let's let me have it. I don't want to let you have it too much, and I've told (laughs) you this a little bit before because I know who we're playing, I know who we are, and I know that I don't want to jinx it. So first, I want to get off by saying, I know we've talked about me and the Braves a lot on here. To be fair, I really do think that I've. I mean, obviously, I've repped the Braves. I do like them. I'm stoked they won the World Series. I've probably kept up with the Rangers more in the last 15 years than the Braves. Like, when I first moved here, playing baseball, all my team watching the Rangers, going to Rangers games with a bunch of friends, and becoming a fan of the team. And that was also the time that it happened to be where the Braves sucked. So it was not very fun to try and keep up with them. And, I mean, I stuck with them through it. I still got the updates every year while they were losing, all the scoring updates and stuff. And I still kept up with them, but I still I fell in love with the Rangers. So I do – I know it's weird to have two fandoms. I know that that isn't the norm. But for me, I feel like it's justified. And I really like the Rangers, and I really do rep them almost just as hard, if not more, than the Braves typically. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but – I, I I know you heard me cheering for the Rangers when we went to Astros Red Sox game, so right <laughs> that tells you anything. But I am super stoked that they're up two zero in Houston. The way that they did it was also very impressive. The fact that they're on the second longest win streak to start a postseason is also very impressive. I just don't want to get too excited or too happy. It's like that Kobe meme. All right, we ain't done yet. What's there to be happy about? Like, right. it's fun. I'm having a good, t- a great time. 
but we can't be celebrating anything yet. One of my favorite things I've seen is the freeze frame of a Dolus doing the cartwheel and somebody saying, I can't believe they're just celebrating like that. It's only two games. It's like, that wasn't him celebrating. <laughs> he fucking was trying to get out of the way of something. Shit, but it's exciting. I will say it's very exciting. But I don't want to gloat too much, and I don't want to say anything negative towards you at all until it, it does actually maybe happen. Um, but I do owe you $20. You do. Because I bet you that the Houston Astros would not make it to the, the LCS this year, and they're at their fucking seventh straight. Good Lord. But they've earned it, and they have. They've played really well. They've battled through injuries. They're a really good ball club. I think the biggest difference, I guess before I get into that, Couple that's of bounces kind of, away from being two zero the other way too. Oh, it, I mean that's that's sports. I mean that's definitely true, um, but that is sports. Yeah. Um, but let, let's start with game one. Game one. Bef- before we before we start out with the before we do the games, I just want to say for for anybody that that comes into this episode thinking that I'm going to be down in the dumps and you know woe is me and screaming the series is over and fire everybody or whatever. I'm not there. The series is not over. (laughs) Well, no, like you said, a couple bounces away. And I feel like there's nothing you can even be mad at dusty for at this point. Really? He's done a pretty good job managing. It's just the way the baseball happens. Yeah. Like I've seen, if you think this, not you, chase but you the proverbial you the world if you think this series is over you haven't watched the astros the last seven years because i've seen this team be dead and come back to life i saw it in in 17 against the yankees saw it in 19 against the nationals saw it in 20 against the rays we saw it in 21 against the red sox being down 2-1 saw it last year against the Phillies, getting obliterated in Game 3. Came back and threw a no-hitter the next day. I've seen this team too many times come back from the dead. And they didn't win all those series that I referenced. They won some, they lost some, but every single one of them, down 2-0 against the Nationals, down 3-0 against the, against the Rays, both of those series got to a Game 7. This series is not over. And... When it is over, then you know we'll we'll all reevaluate my feelings at that point. But <laughs> it ain't over yet. Just wanted to say yeah. that real quick. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> you're definitely not wrong with that lineup and your pitching staff. <laughs> y'all can go a long way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to be saying that it's over anytime soon. Even if we win tomorrow, I still won't say it's over because 27th out of the fourth loss. That's whenever I'll say it's over. Exactly. Uh, it's funny, uh, on MLB on Fox, uh, most people probably know, but they added Derek Jeter. So it's A-Rod, Jeter, and David Ortiz. And even Jeter was like, it doesn't matter that they're down 0-2. We, we've lost a series by, uh, when we were up 3-0. And Big Poppy was like, oh, you have? <laughs> and it was great. I loved that. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, anything could happen. It's baseball, so... I'm not going to get too happy on it. And, yeah, I, if anybody's been listening to us for a little while now, they know that you've said all season, even when the Rangers were kicking ass, I'm not scared. There's plenty of time. The, 
the Astros, I mean, they have the pedigree. You can't argue with it. They do have the pedigree, so they're going to be there. So, But right now they are down 2-0 or 0-2, however you want to put it. But game one, they've both been doozies. They've both been heart attack city, like edge of your seat, almost the whole entire game, both of them. But game one, I think MVP has to be Evan Carter. Not only did he make the crazy play and left, but he was the reason that we even got on the board to begin with. He hit that liner past a diving Abreu that just barely trickled off his glove and stretched it to a double and then scored on the very next pitch on a single by Heim. And then there was still no scoring for a little while until Tavares hit that one home run. Other than that, there was not a ton of action. No. Y'all, I mean, the Astros had a couple of opportunities, but just could not hit with runners in scoring position. Right. You know, Jordan Montgomery pitched a great game. And then, he did. Man, when, when Bregman hit that ball in the ninth inning, you thought it was gone, right? Of course. Of course, I, I thought it was. I thought it was gone. I've been watching games Bro. of Minimade for twenty five years. I thought it was gone before the they even showed the ball. Yeah, off the bat, and the way Chapman turned around, I was like, I've seen that before <laughs> from Chapman. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So no, I thought it was gone. I thought the the game was tied, and I was like, here we go. Houston's just doing their thing, but that wasn't the case. Uh, but you did mention Jordan Montgomery. Also, another argument for for MVP of the game. Um, 6.1 innings pitch, five hits, no earned runs, six Ks, one walk. He was on fire. The problem that happened with you guys was most of your hits came with two outs and left like nobody on. You had like three or four singles with two outs and nobody on, and then it turned into nothing. But my biggest concern for y'all, really, I think this would be a completely different series. What? What happened to Kyle Tucker? We've been we've been trying to figure that out for about two months now. He's, Has it he's been, been that long? He's not been himself for a while now. Damn, like he's not been himself. I I don't know. And, and Dusty moved him up to three in the order for yesterday's game, which doesn't no. make any goddamn sense at all. I know. But but to go back to game one, it was two zero. Altuve gets walked. By Spores, which I'm glad that Bochi let Spores go out there and face Altuve instead of just letting Chapman give him give you guys a run. Chapman is not facing Altuve in this series. I no. guarantee you he is not facing Altuve in this series, not once. No, and I'm okay with that. And that's how it should be because the history there. We don't need that. <laughs> so, so I really liked that decision. But then Chapman does come in. And he got the first, he got an out, right? Or no, not no, yet. It was Bregman, Bregman. So it was one out whenever Bregman came up. That's right. Um, so Spores, I think, got he got the nine hole out. If I think, no, it was it was no, nobody it was out. nobody out. Was, yeah, because we doubled up out. and then we still had to get the next out. Um, but no, Bregman hits that ball, and dude, like you said, thought it was totally gone. Not only does Evan Carter make a crazy catch there, his first time playing there, and he's a 21-year-old rookie. Yeah, that he was, was a all cra- over the place. He was. He was all over. You're right. He had a crazy sprinting catch down the foul line. And- there were there were two plays in left that 
with 99.9% of left fielders, it's a double. There was yeah. two of them. Yep. Because nobody, like, whenever most most teams, whenever they whenever they come into Minute Maid, they position their left fielder beyond the cutout towards the center field, the center field side of the cutout. The Rangers had Evan Carter, and I don't know if it's maybe just the fact that maybe he runs better to his left, and so they they cheated a little bit to put him closer to the, the the foul line, or maybe that was just a game plan of, hey, let's take away doubles into the corner down there, or if it's just that Tavares covers a lot of ground, so we don't need him to play as, as much as much uh, left center as, as most teams would. But there were two that were like, off the bat, that's a double. Every time, that's a double, and it got caught. Two of them. Yeah, which was huge. That's why, as good as Montgomery was, I feel like Evan Carter was the MVP of that game. Like, I don't think we win that game without Evan Carter out there in left field. And one of my favorite things I saw about it was somebody was like, we should have put nine-year-old Evan Carter in right field for the 2011 ring. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Um, But, yeah, not only does Evan Carter make that crazy catch – but he throws it back in, and now Tuve rightfully was about to try and go to third because, like you said, 99% of the time, that's not getting caught. So yeah. looks like he did the right thing as far as like being at second base, foot on second right. base, but then he thought the ball got past Carter, it looked like, right. for a split second, yep. and then just didn't retouch second. Which, and I feel like the reason being was kind of the way that Carter just reached back and caught it. It didn't look like a conventional catch, so it looked like he kind of might have missed it. Yeah, I don't so, think Carter knew where the wall was. No, he moment. didn't. Yeah, he thought he was about to crash into the wall, it seemed like. So, um, but they end up doubling up Altuve. Or not necessarily doubling him up, but I guess it's Getting, still doubling it's him double, up. It's a double play, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by by throwing the ball back in and touching second. And I'm glad that that was challengeable or reviewable. Some of the things that have happened in the playoffs so far aren't reviewable, which sucks sometimes. Seems weird. Yeah. But luckily it was. And you go back and look, and Altuve, it's it's not even necessarily like he tried to go to third. It's almost like he kind of just turned the wrong way to go back to first. Yeah, it's it's one of those spirit of the rule versus letter of the law kind of thing. Kind like of the, the letter of the law is if you run overrun second base, he didn't really overrun second base. He went past it, but it's not what it is not what it, the intention was. I mean, kind of and kind of not because I mean the same thing at first. If you have any kind of intent on going to second, you could get tagged out. So like, yeah, it's the same they kind don't of call thing. that either. Guys well, it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up. No, that. But and and same thing with what Altuve did. That doesn't come up very often anymore. No. So, like, it was the right call. I, right. Don't, don't get me wrong. It it was the right call. It's just one of those. I think that the way that he turned around, it was the problem. Yeah. For a second, I thought maybe his toe did clip it, and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> but I thought no. so too. They never gave us a real good view of it. Like, they never gave it from the first side angle. They never showed that view. See, and I don't understand with how small you can make cameras nowadays. And where they even have one in front of the plate, like, looking up at the batter. Like, we can't just have a, a, a camera literally, like, on all four corners of the bag. Like, 
the, there was a there there's a camera angle somewhere. That there Fox, should be. Fox just didn't show it. And Fox has been the, annoying, bro. Yes. Oh god, it's the umpire cam for live pitches drives me batshit. I was saying the same thing. A couple of my buddies actually do. They said they kind of liked it, but I was like, I I like seeing that. Like for, Zach for made a good point after Jordan's home run. Yes, show me Jordan's home run from that angle. That's dope. I mean, it, it is. But no, I don't want to see a live pitch from that angle because right. I want to see the action. I want to see what's replay. going on. Replay. Yes. Replay. I'm with replay. You. If there's a close pitch, you want to show me what the umpire is seeing? Absolutely. I'm all about it. Right. Give it to me. Not for a live pitch, though. Right. I want to see. I want to be able to see the entire play. While we're on that, real quick, before we go to game two, I'm starting to get on that bandwagon of not liking the strike zone being on the screen because then you just get mad when they're wrong. Yeah. Because, I mean, you might feel differently, but I feel like it's been like 80% against the Rangers when it comes to those. The borderline calls, it feels like it. I feel like it happens way more to the Rangers than it does to you. And and I don't want to hear it because if you go on to – to umpire scorecard they have like a, a season-long breakdown and the astros were the second most penalized team in all of baseball by the umpires over well, the I course mean, of the whole season so i don't want to hear it <laughs> well i'm just trying to say that i feel like the the strikes when they show us on there is not accurate apparently even towards like the it's not umpire scorecard or whatever that they, they give not. so so yeah so i'm starting to get in the boat where i don't like having that anymore i did i mean i do like it if it if it's accurate but if it's not yeah. accurate, and then you can tell how many times the umpires like getting them wrong, it's just frustrating. But yeah, I don't like it either. I I don't. I, I liked it whenever it first started coming into into play when they when people first started using it, and but it was only used after a pitch. It wasn't right. on the screen the whole time, where they only showed you like, oh, that oh was well, a really I close love, pitch. Let's I see. love seeing the K zone after the pitch. Yeah, show me that after every pitch. But I, but I don't know if I like seeing it live anymore. Yeah, like maybe put it instead of having the box on the screen. Maybe put the K zone in like in the corner of the of the screen after each pitch. I mean, almost kind of like your road to the show when it shows you the pitch yeah. location and what it was like, just like that. And I yeah, mean, the borderline ones are going to be hit or miss sometimes because umpires aren't 100% perfect. It's going to happen. But I just feel like the one that they have on TV is not accurate enough for us to be pleased. <laughs> yeah. And I will say a lot of the like umpires, all in all, they're pretty good. Agreed. And they're yeah. a lot better than they used to be. Well, I don't think people realize how hard it is. It's, it's so actually hard. extremely difficult. It's <laughs> so, so hard. Yeah. I mean, just like just watch the watch the umpire cam whenever they show that and be like, okay, was that high or was it low or was it in the strike zone? Yeah, like, cuz see my argument for not liking that cam is because it's hard to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like on the edges, okay. You know, the thing that I don't like is the the idea that a ball that clips the zone by like a seam is a strike like the, on the corners of the plate. Oh yeah. It shows it red. That. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. It's cool. Well, I think it can go either way, but I fucking hate it. I just feel like they shouldn't even have it change. It should just be the circle every time, even if it's a strike or not, it shouldn't yeah. change red. 
Right. Just let us see where the ball is, not whether you think that it should have been a strike or not. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's the only honestly <laughs> take take away the box, but leave leave the ball placement thing. I'm good. I yeah, like that. Honestly, yeah, I like, that's kind of I like cool the too. ball placement. I like I like being able to see where the ball crossed the plate. I just only seen this. I only seen the box. Right. I never have. Right, so game two. <laughs> so game two we had yesterday during the day, which was kind of fun. We got to watch while I was at work. So I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, didn't enjoy, enjoy it. having to watch while I'm trying to work. Like I'm, I'm trying to talk to people about their about their crap and. I yeah, see, tough. our boss was actually down to to watch some too. So there were times where we just all weren't doing anything and just watching baseball. So it was cool for me. <laughs> right. Um, um, it's, I, I will say it doesn't help when the first pitch of the game is a seeing eye single, barely beyond the glove of a goal of a gold glove shortstop. Then the second pitch of the game is a guy getting blown up and dumping it into left field. And then basically the third pitch of the game is a two, is a two base error. Yeah, I mean that's if you start a game like that, it's kind of feeling like okay, all right, this isn't our game. Move on. Yeah, but y'all did dial it in after that. But let's let's start at where you were first. I mean, if if Bregman isn't playing the shift or trying to play Corey Seager to pull, he, he can maybe catch, catch that, that ball. ball. He can maybe catch that ball. It's Bregman. He's one of the best third basemen in the game, and you would say the same thing. He would have gotten. Oh yeah, he there's he would have had bet. a way better chance to get there if he I, was playing his normal position. So that's just how baseball better, is nowadays. Yeah, I don't know if there's a better third baseman in all of baseball at tracking pop flies than Brandon. he is. Really, yeah. I mean, I've seen him catch multiple in foul territory and like r- running backwards. I've, yes, I've seen, I've seen him seen catch too. a ball. I've seen him catch a ball on the fence in foul territory when he started in the shortstop position in, because of the shift. Yes. I've seen him do it. Ar- argument proven. Bregman playing in his normal position would have caught that ball. So that's I don't know. I still don't know that he would have caught it, that particular one. Cause <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't a super high one. It, was, it wasn't All in right, the air that We could long. go back and forth 20 times, and I'd still say the same thing, and you would too. So – but then the the main thing was Fromber's throwing error. Absolutely, that's the awful. main that's the main thing because the, Corey Seager dropping in a blue pit. Blue pits happen every single game of baseball. I mean, yeah. well, the Rangers also scored four runs by barely getting a ball out of the infield. Hey, but they it's tough uh, to do. It's on the throwing error because the throwing error escalates everything. It yep. literally like. It snowballs. I play baseball. I still do. And at, you can have two outs in an inning after getting like throwing five pitches, and then somebody scolds one to third, and they can't field it, and then all of a sudden you give up four runs that inning. That's baseball. You give up yep. one error, and then all of a sudden it, it snowballs and unravels, and that's exactly what happened to you on the first inning. Yeah, and the problem for Fromber is that he, he always tries to do too much in the field. Like you could tell – as soon as the ball he was rushed hit, it. he rushed it. He was trying to get the out at third. He wanted to get the out at third, and that caused him to bobble it. And then he turns around, and now it's too late. And he tries now you got to gotta rush that even away. more. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a play. Just take the out at first. Just go get the ball. Take the out at first. You've got one out, second and third. Just, just take the out. Just take the out. Yeah, you don't need to get the out at third. 
It was it was hit too slowly. It didn't go far enough. You don't need the out at third right there. Just get the out at first. Just get an out. Any Agreed. Out. That that was the that was the turning point really of the entire game, which is crazy because it was in the first inning. But that was it. That that's really almost all it took. I mean, obviously Heim had to hit a solo shot later to get that fifth run. But it really boils down to that first inning for you guys. And because other than that, Fromber was pretty good. I mean, Fromber found it, and then you well, guys had – he started pitching better. He went two and a third innings. It's not like he well, you're, got be, out of it. And, because it's the championship series. If it was a regular season game, he's going to keep going because he had started pitching better. But with the season on the line, not necessarily on the line, but – with these games meaning more, yeah, you're going to go ahead and go to your bullpen, especially you guys have some good arms in the bullpen. So it ends up being a pretty good game. I mean, good gracious freaking Jordan. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's a monster. He is a monster. And the, the one off of Ivaldi, like, you kind of expect Jordan to crush that one. I mean, it's a middle-middle fastball. I don't know what the fuck John Smoltz was talking about, like, Oh, he hit his spot, though. Dude, he threw it right down the middle, a little bit above the middle, against Jordan Alvarez, fastball, straight fastball. Yeah, righty on lefty. (laughs) Into the happy zone. Like, he did not hit his spot. I don't care where the glove was set up. Yeah. That was not where he was trying to throw that damn baseball. Yeah, no, he he crushed that ball. That was the 420-foot one. He absolutely mashed that ball. And then he hits another one. The Chapman so, one is impressive as all hell. Out, was that off of outside changeup or outside slider? It was a like, slider on the outside corner that he that pulled. I think just clipped the outside corner of a strike, and he just fucking <laughs> yeah. He got he, around that thing. The angle that they even showed, he was out in front like he wasn't even his yeah. weight back wasn't back or anything it was almost like a, a golf swing yeah, he just <laughs> and it. he crushed it dude he is ridiculous but outside of him altuve and bregman i know brantley is at, he's a solid hitter but those are your three main that like outside of that yeah. there's tucker's not much been, else tucker's been bad altuve's been bad um Altuve, you just can't. You just always got to be scared of him because it's playoffs. Yeah, it's Altuve. Yeah, even when he, he can fl- he can flip a switch and hit, you know, three homers in his next five at bats. Exactly, and so. you just be like, oh, it's it's Altuve. Um, McCormick's been really bad. Like it, it's it's been really choppy offensively. They've they've been awful with runners in scoring position. Like that's really the reason the Rangers are up 2-0 in the series right now is because the Astros are not hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, perfect uh, time for me. I was about to say this anyways, but uh, let's talk about that bottom of the fifth. I mean, you guys get back-to-back singles and an error by Young to load the bases with nobody out. And then you pinch hit Diaz for Maldonado. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Infield yeah. pop-up just dropped in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> yikes. But y'all had the recipe. Right there. Now you bring in your better hitting catcher, rookie who who hasn't done basically anything. Basically hasn't basically hasn't even swung a bat almost for three weeks because 
Dusty insists on playing Maldonado every inning of every game, which that's my thing with Dusty. That's the one thing, yeah. Like, I don't care that the pitchers want to pitch to Maldonado. This team needs a they they need something from that position. They can't have a black hole. Yeah, not this year. But so Diaz comes in, strikes out. Altuve strikes out. Bregman rolls over to third. And Nathan Eovaldi gets out of it, which he is a different animal when it comes to postseason, not only postseason, but when, with runners in scoring position. It's insane. He ends up probably being the MVP of this game for the Rangers with six innings pitched, five hits. He does have give up three earned runs, but he has nine Ks. The biggest thing was really getting out of that fifth inning. I might say Fromber was the Rangers MVP in this game. <laughs> That's not how this works, boys. Without, without the Fromber error, it's a completely different game. Agreed, but he did. He, he threw the ball in the yeah. stands. That's why we play the games. That's why he's the MVP for the Rangers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue, but the way that MVPs technically work, he's not on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, Rangers up 2-0. We get game three tomorrow going back to Texas. Uh, well, I mean, we've been in Texas, but back to Arlington. Uh, and then uh, we got Max Scherzer going, so we'll see if that. It's a bold what, strategy. What do you think his pitch count's going to be in this game? Well, apparently he's at like a seventy limit. Seventy. That's that's high. He threw sixty nine and alive. Yeah, me and you both know that's not the same thing. <laughs> well, agreed. But it is also Max Scherzer who's been pitching for a long time and knows his body and he knows what he can do, yeah. and. Especially with the way the injury happened, it didn't seem like he like popped or tore or anything like that. It just didn't feel right. I think so, if you get three innings out of him, I think you call that a win. Agreed. I mean, I'd be cool with that. And then at that point, we're probably going to go to one of our uh, starters that has kind of not been a starter anymore, and maybe like a Martin Perez or a uh, Heaney. Heaney probably ahead of Perez, but I'm not very sure if I'd like that as much. I like Martin Perez, and I think he's had a good season, so I don't see why we don't give him a shot to get a couple innings in there. But we have been talking a lot of baseball. So. Yeah, we've talked uh, a lot of Astros and Rangers. The Phillies are kicking the crap out of the Diamondbacks. There's not yeah, that really one, a ton to talk about in that series because it, it's just been two blowouts. Yeah, Phillies have been homering all over – uh, the Diamondbacks, and they score four by the third inning yesterday. They score four by, like, the third inning today. So it, it's just been a, a blowout. It ain't even it ain't even yeah. close. So we don't even really have to talk about that one right now. We'll see if, uh, if the Diamondbacks can make it more interesting for us. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch on college real quick and then – then get to your your power rankings and probably get out of here. Sounds like a plan. Um. So my main takeaway from from the weekend is one: Washington and Arizona are both real. Or Washington and and Oregon are both really good, but I think they're both going to lose in a, at least one more game the rest of the the rest of the regular season. Like the Pac-12 schedule is so freaking backloaded. Yeah. Where all of the all of the big games, all of the tough games are late. Like both of those teams still have to play USC. They both still have to play uh, Utah. 
they both I think still have to play UCLA. Yeah, that's like, there are some losses crowded. on the back half of that schedule. I think the I think the Pac twelve is gonna cannibalize each other, but those are both really good teams. That was a really fun game to watch. Uh two Heisman contenders, quarterbacks going at it in that one. Um there was a the, the other the other main takeaway I'll get to the other thing in a minute, but the other main takeaway that I had is USC's not very good. I don't think USC's very good. Like they they absolutely got murdered by Notre Dame, which is the first team that they've played with a pulse. Yep. This season. Yeah, you wondered what you were going to do. Arizona looks pretty good, even in losses, and Colorado is up and down. But USC's their offensive line's terrible. Their defense is terrible. Caleb Williams can only do so much. Yeah, three interceptions this week, but like you said, kind of correlates with the offensive line being terrible. He was running for his life the whole yeah. game. He was running for his life. That, like, what that looked like was, you know, when you when you're a kid and you go and try and play with the the older kids and like you go and try and block one of them and they just throw you out of the way. That's <laughs> yeah. what that was, but it was two Division One college football teams playing and the defensive line for Notre Dame was just throwing them around like ragdolls the whole game. Yeah. Big statement for Notre Dame though. Um, I mean, like we said, USC might not be as good as we thought they were, but as far as going into that game, we thought it would have been a a good win for them and they, they got it done. So man, three interceptions from Caleb Williams. Yikes. You sure you yeah. want to tank? You sure you want me to tank for Caleb Williams? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I could end up with Drake May, and I'd be okay. Oh dang! Okay, so you, ooh, I want Doyce's. Or no, you're not going to have second pick. I want Courtney's pick. Yeah, I don't think Courtney's giving up her pick. She already traded. Yeah, uh, Amon Rossi Brown to <sighs> the same guy that I traded with for a couple of draft picks. So anyway, they don't want to hear about undoing. us. Yeah, wants to hear about fantasy league. <laughs> Some people might, maybe one day. So in in the Tennessee A and M game, one Mister D Williams for the Tennessee Volunteers. So he had, so he had a punt return, which was a thirty nine yard punt return for a touchdown. <laughs> okay, which damn is the shortest punt return for a touchdown I've ever seen. Yeah, that's. But before that, he had sacked. He had sacked the quarterback. I think it was sacked the quarterback to put them in a position to where they were on the goal on their own goal line, and then deflected a pass that would have been a first down, and then returned the kickoff for a touchdown. Jeez, she was just all over the place. All within like four plays. Just want to shout him out. He had a, he had <laughs> that a pretty insane. good game. Hell yeah. Yeah, there was nothing else too crazy in college football this week. Yeah, I mean, Iowa scored 15, so they're way behind the pace for the uh, for their offensive coordinator. Arizona <laughs> kicked the crap out of Washington State, which was a surprise to say the least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 44-6. Uh, to six. North Carolina looked really good. I actually, for yep. the first time this season, have, have North Carolina in my top ten. Ooh, okay. Put them up there at nine. Oh, they got uh, them at ten at the AP. Yeah, I'm a little ahead of them. 
I was a little behind before. I, th- I had him at 13, but I moved him all the way up to nine. I liked what I saw against Miami. And you like Drake May? I love Drake May. It's pretty much it for college football. I mean, huge, Georgia, huge game coming up. Georgia had a slow, again, a slow start against Vandy. They ended up pulling away late. And then, yeah, I am looking so forward to Penn State, Ohio State next week, next Saturday, nope. 11 o'clock. Uh, it's the big noon kickoff on Fox. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. Yes. This is the opportunity for Penn State to repay the faith that I have given them. We'll see. <laughs> by, by still having them top three in the country right now, whereas Ohio State, I've got down at seven. They got to go in the, the horseshoe? Is that what they call Ohio It is State? at Ohio State. So Penn State goes at Ohio State but hosts Michigan. Michigan is away to Penn State but hosts Ohio State. Gotcha. And so Ohio State obviously – home against Penn State, away against Michigan. Those gotcha. three for the round robin, at least one of those three teams going to be in the playoff. Yeah, At least definitely. one. Maybe two. Maybe we'll see two. see how it goes. Yep. Big Man, Ten's that had is two a big one. Last, Big Ten's had two in, like two of the last three years, something like that. I mean, yeah, that sounds right. It's Michigan's made it two years in a row. You know, Ohio, Ohio State. State didn't make it two years ago. Ohio so. State didn't make it two years ago. So, yeah, just last year was two. They made they had two. So, about to be two. Potentially. It, it certainly could happen. Just a quick shout-out to a couple of, couple of uh, group of five teams that are still undefeated. Air Force, Liberty, and James Madison. Air Force played a really good game against Wyoming. Who Wyoming's a pretty good team. They played Texas to the wire. They beat Texas Tech earlier in the year. Um, Air Force Liberty and James Madison. James Madison first year as a Division One uh, as an FBS team. They were an FCS nice. team last year and undefeated. And they're six and zero. That's one way to start. Yeah, <laughs> they they are not bowl eligible though this year gotcha. because it's because of it being their first year. So even though they've already got to six wins, they are not bowl eligible, which is dang kind of frustrating. Yeah, but rules are rules. Yeah, rules are dumb. Meant to be broken. Technically, <laughs> that's what I've always heard. <laughs> thought, thought you didn't like the Astros. Not in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you admitted it. All right, so. I've never yeah. said they didn't break any rules. I said it didn't matter. All right, so. Before we get back onto that. Let's, let's get to Chase's power rankings. My top 10 NFL power rankings. So there has been some, man, the last two weeks in the NFL has had some craziness. We had, we don't, we no longer have uh, an unbeaten team. Both the unbeatens lost this week. Yeah, really early to not have an un, undefeated team. Agreed. Especially with the way San Francisco was playing. I thought they could have maybe gone undefeated. Goodness. But it didn't happen. So I will start. Number 10. Number 10, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like them. I think they've been playing well. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they they defeat Indianapolis division game 37-20. to 20. They beat Buffalo in London last week. 
when it was technically a home game for, for Buffalo, but really it was basically a home game for Jacksonville because they're the ones that are always over there. So kind of kind of cheap, but regardless, they won. Yeah, um, and Jacksonville stayed over there from the week before, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was it was high advantage Jacksonville, even though they were the away team technically. Um, but back to back wins. Uh, the the their bad loss was against Houston, but that is also a division game, and Houston's looked a lot better than we thought they were going to. So it's not necessarily as bad of a loss as it seemed. And then they did lose to Kansas City, but they hung in there and made it a game. They, I think it was like fourteen to nine, was was the final score of that game. So it was a low scoring game. Yeah. So Jacksonville playing pretty good. They beat Indy yesterday, thirty seven twenty. Like I said, ETN's been looking pretty good. Eighteen uh, carries for fifty five yards, two touchdowns. He also had three catches for twenty eight yards yesterday. Him and Trevor Lawrence together. And then they have Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. Like they've got weapons, and then their defense has been holding up pretty well too. So, pretty big on Jacksonville, but I have them at ten. Now the team that I have just ahead of them is mostly just because of who they beat this week. Because um, okay. arguably Jacksonville could have been ahead of this team, but I have the Cleveland Browns at number nine. Okay. Which is kind of controversial, I know aggressive but they just beat the best football team in the in the league and they did it without their quarterback without their running back and it's just been very impressive it's mostly been defense their defense has been doing a lot they win the turnover battle but they've only lost to baltimore and pittsburgh both division rivals so if they can get deshaun back Obviously, they're not getting Chubb back. But if Kareem Hunt, he actually looked okay yesterday. If they can get something out of him, I think this Cleveland Browns team can actually be pretty good. I don't know if they can make a splash in the playoffs or if they can keep it up. But the way they were able to actually take down the best team in the league without your main starters was very impressive. So I have the Cleveland Browns at number nine. They also looked really good in their all-white uniforms yesterday i like those two i keep saying yesterday because we're used to recording on mondays so these (laughs) these games were on sunday um number eight a lot of monday night football games (laughs) right (laughs) they went from having two on some nights to eight geez so number eight another afc north team the baltimore ravens so they technically went down in my power rankings but Mostly just because I had to put somebody else up ahead. But I like Baltimore. They get it done in London this week, which was weird. We finally had a not Jacksonville-London game. Uh, it was uh, Baltimore beating Tennessee 24-16. to They did struggle a little bit. Um, they, they've lost to Pittsburgh, a division game, but they also lost to Indy in overtime. So a little shaky. I, Mark Andrews, like I said, is their only receiving core. Like they don't. Like I like Zay Flowers, the rookie, but he's still a rookie and still hasn't necessarily completely come together yet. We'll see what happens year two, but that's what worries me about them. But Lamar, still looking good. 21 of 30 yesterday, 223 yards, a touchdown. He did have one pick, but he still had 13 carries for 52 yards. I mean, if he's still doing some stuff on the ground too, Baltimore's going to end up being in every game, whether they win or lose it. So 
I got them at number eight. Probably my biggest fall. Actually, I had two teams take pretty big falls, but number seven, I got your boys, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they've they looked terrible, absolutely terrible last week against San Francisco, like a college football team. And they didn't necessarily look great last night against the Chargers, but they got it done. What I did like seeing was C.D. Lamb ends up getting seven catches for 117 yards. They did try to kind of feed him the ball. I like seeing Brandon Cooks actually make an appearance for the fucking Dallas Cowboys finally. Um, he had four catches uh, with a touchdown and uh, 36 yards, so not a ton of stuff. But he also had that jet sweep that I really liked, um, which I don't know why we don't do more stuff like that because we have the playmakers to do things like that. Because Kellen Moore is no longer the offensive coordinator? I mean, you even said, yeah. I, I do agree with you. At, at this point of the season, I'm not a big fan of what's been going on with the offense. But when you looked over at the Chargers, it's not like they were doing much better. They definitely – they the defense looked much better yesterday, but they still weren't able to get a – they got the late interception. They got the late sack from Micah. But they still weren't able to do what they've been able to do earlier in the season. And the Chargers aren't that great of a team. I mean, they should have been able to do more uh, than beat them 20-17. to 17. They did leave points on the board, but so did the Chargers. So they're at number seven. I have at number six. This is actually probably the biggest fall, and this might be controversial, but I've got the Philadelphia Eagles at six. Oh. I just have not really – I know it was their first loss, but it's a bad one to the Jets. And and the Jets didn't even really do anything in this game. They just happened to score more points. <laughs> like It's not like they – Zach Wilson went off and had the best game of his career and all this stuff was happening. No, like they – Zach Wilson didn't even crack 200 passing yards. He had a pick. Like – the the biggest difference in this game was Hertz had three interceptions. That's really the main reason that they lost. However, the games that they've won, they haven't won very impressively, and they just lost to the New York Jets. Yeah, it, it's very much the same team as last year, where a lot of close games. And yeah, they weren't the Vikings last year with close right. games, but they they played a lot of close games last year. Exactly. I mean, the the bright spot is A.J. Brown still had seven catches for 131 yards. He's still an animal. So I, <laughs> I still think Philly's good, but I moved them down to six. At number five, I've got the Buffalo Bills. So I mentioned that they lost to, to Jacksonville in London. However, that was – Basically a home game for the Jaguars. And then they have kind of a sloppy, disgusting Sunday night football game against the Giants where they win 14-9, to but they get it done. They get the job done. Um, it was really cold. It was cold and windy. First kind of cold game of the season. Well, it's, it's New York. Yeah, exactly. It's New York, and we're, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of, of winter coming along. But I just... I still think Buffalo Bills are good. I still think their offense, I still like Josh Allen a lot. 
He did have a little bit of a rough game uh, against the Giants, but like I said, they get it done. Diggs still cracks 100 receiving yards. James Cook gets 14 carries, so he's still getting involved in the game. I like their offense. Their defense is good. I still like Buffalo. So they did technically move down in my power rankings, um, but I probably have them maybe a little higher than some do, but I have them at five. So my biggest climb so far, number four, I got the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I mean, they they beat Tampa Bay, which Tampa Bay has been playing better than we thought this so far this season, too. Not necessarily the biggest test, but they beat them 20 to 6. They don't even allow a touchdown. Goff, 30 of 44 for 353 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Amon Ross St. Brown is that dude. 12 catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. They got him, Jamison Williams, Josh Reynolds, and Sam Laporta as receiving threats. <laughs> yes, sign me up. Like, that's legit. And the biggest concern really, though, is their running back position with David Montgomery getting out with a, a rib injury and might be out for a little bit. Jameer Gibbs has been having some injury problems. So that's their biggest concern right now. But as far as they've been playing, man, they've been looking good. Five and one, their only losses to Seattle in overtime. They've scored at least 20 points in every game so far this season with 42 being their high. Very impressive. I'm very impressed by the Detroit Lions so far. Got to give them the flowers at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, number four, Detroit. Number three, got the Kansas City Chiefs. Another team that hasn't looked very, very impressive in most of their wins. But what do great teams do? Win. Just win, baby. They win. So... They've been they've been finding ways to win. Their only loss is on opening night to the aforementioned Detroit Lions. As as Bill Parcells once famously said, "You are what your record says you are." Yeah, and they're they're five and one, and they're on a five game win streak. They're the only five win team on a five <laughs> win five game win yeah. streak. So, man, Travis Kelsey is just when he's healthy. Goodness gracious. He, he is the best tight end in the game right now. There's there's people that are close, but he just is. He's so consistent. Uh, nine catches for 124 yards. Solid. Solid. Mahomes cracks 300 yards on Thursday night as well. They beat Denver 19-8. to No, it's not a crazy big score, but it's a division game on primetime, and especially after Denver has been in the – media in a negative light quite a bit. You'd think they'd come out there and and try to do something crazy, which they held Kansas City to 19 points. So, But I still... And Thursday night games are notorious for being sloppy. Shit shows. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. <laughs> Nobody's ready to play on Thursday. Nobody. Unless they had the bye week the week before. Right. Which, you know, if one team has the bye week, they both had the bye week because nobody would get that kind of advantage but that's true so number two no surprise my number one hasn't changed so number two the miami dolphins they still look really good they do they look really good uh carolina goes up 14 to nothing on them and you're thinking oh shit but then 
they just roll and they they win 42 to 21 Tyreek Hill six catches 163 yards and a touchdown he's breaking 2,000 yards if he stays healthy if him and Tua both stay healthy I don't see how he doesn't break 2,000 yards it's just insane what they've been able to do the space that he can create the plays that they draw up for him to get the ball how quick Tua is being able to get the ball out it's just it's it's remarkable and then you lose arguably maybe could end up still being if he comes back uh rookie of the year in devon achan and then most are just like hey don't forget about me 17 carries 115 yards two touchdowns three catches for 17 yards and a touchdown through the air he is on pace for 33 touchdowns <laughs> Yeah, Mostert came back for a vengeance on this game. <laughs> yes, that's insane, dude. So if they've got all that going, and we we, we aren't even talking about Jalen Waddle, That is insane to me, that we aren't even talking about him. And he's still there. <laughs> so this Miami team is, is special. If they can stay healthy, I can see them going very far. Also, I, I say this a lot, but man, I love that color scheme. Oh, I love it. And they look so – the uniforms are so clean. Speaking of uniforms, I did forget to mention that Tampa Bay and those creamsicles, also very nice. They brought those back. I, they said for the first time since like 2012 or something like that. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the creamsicles. It's, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of them. They don't do it for me. Not. I don't like them as much as any of the Miami uniforms. But yeah, I know it's and not then, football. I know it's not football, but the uh, the Diamondbacks. I forgot to mention this last week. The Diamondbacks wore the uh, their City Connect when the Astros were playing them the last week into the regular season. I the Serpientes. Really yeah, I actually really like those jerseys. Yeah, like the tan. I, I see. Yeah. I saw some people in the crowd wearing those too, and like they are actually pretty clean. Like you're, I, you're right. I kind of like them. I kind of like them. Now it doesn't beat their purple stripe no. throwback. No, 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 no. That's one of Those the greatest the jerseys of all time. Right. Like that's top so, five, easy. Yeah. Anyway, just just wanted to get that in there. I, <laughs> no problem. I, I, I remembered that I forgot to mention it last week. You're good. The Cardinals aren't getting any love, so we might as well throw some Diamondbacks out there. <laughs> Cardinals suck. No, they're not that. They had a bye week this week. So number they still, one, they still lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, dysfunctional franchise. Number one, like I said, hasn't changed. They did lose, but it's the San Francisco 49ers. They lose nineteen to seventeen to the Cleveland Browns. Brock Purdy has his first regular season loss. It was going to happen eventually. This week, there- he was not pretty good. <laughs> no, he was actually pretty bad. <laughs> uh, the The concern is CMC goes out, Debo goes out, and Trent Williams goes out. So those are some big hits. Now, I'm still a huge fan of Brandon Ayuk, so I don't think it's too big of a loss to lose Debo, but losing Trent Williams is huge, and losing Christian McCaffrey is huge. So... That would be my concern moving for, forward um, for the 49ers. But, man, they're still 
they they still came back and had a game winning field goal at the end opportunity. I said that right. weird, but <laughs> they had a chance to win the game at the end and they missed the field goal. So really, they could have just were like a foot away from saying they're the only undefeated team left. So I'm not knocking them too much. Now, if Miami comes out there and puts 40 on somebody else next week, and I might end up having to move them ahead of San Francisco, <laughs> but we'll see. But as as of it's, as it stands, I think they're still the team to beat in the not only in the um, NFC but in the NFL. I mean, yeah, that the Dolphins look like a college team right now, in in a good way. Like they they right. look like you know a high flying, you know like what USC was last year offensively. Like, that's what they look like. <laughs> yeah. The numbers or, that they're putting up, the yardage that they're putting up is or like isn't... Ohio State the last couple of years or LSU, the Joe Burrow year. Like, that's what they look like. They they run it like a college offense, it feels like. Yeah. You know, they've, they've got their running backs that are averaging seven a carry. Like, that doesn't happen in the NFL. No, it doesn't happen. If I'm not mistaken, I think Achan's at like 11 a carry oh, at this point. It's insane. Like it, it's insane. <laughs> his his uh, average yards per carry is insane. But like even Moster is averaging like six yards a carry or something like that. Like they look like a college offense. Yeah, it's insane. As long as their defense can just hold any somebody, like they only just have to hold people to like 21 points, and then they should win the game. <laughs> Should win it every time they do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think you can go into a game if you're a Dolphins fan. You probably go into a game saying, "If the defense cannot give up thirty, we should win." Which that'd be a nice thing. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a nice feeling to have. I, I'm beginning to think you were right, kind of in a way, for the off- offensive coordinator thing for the Cowboys because they had two years in a row of being that kind of offense, almost <laughs> like. Anyways, football. It's it's fun, man. No one beatings left and big upsets. <laughs> like I did not see Cleveland beating San Francisco this week. Definitely did not see that coming. And I did not see the Jets beating the Eagles. But I'm all for it. Definitely all for it. Should be fun down the stretch. We're almost halfway almost halfway done with football for regular season. What? I'm sorry. So we're almost halfway done with football for the regular season. I know. Well, we're a little over the third way, uh, a third of the way. Yeah. We're more than halfway to the halfway point. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Don't make me sad. <laughs> I can't believe we're already over halfway through October. Goodness. I know. It's crazy. Time goes by so quickly. When you're having fun. Yeah. And man, by the time we talk next, are we going to know who? Are we going to know the, the... Yes. If if it gets to a game seven, I th- actually, I think if it gets to a game seven, it's Monday next week. Yeah, Monday next week would be game seven and then game six for the NLCS. Yeah, also, so if, if they make it to game six. If uh, if the ALCS gets to seven games, we will not be recording on Monday. So we will be recording a week from today. <laughs> yeah, if if it gets to game seven. Now, if the Astros come back and win the next four, then we'll record on Monday. Or if we just finish it by Thursday. Yeah, we'll see. 
the, the thing that's scary to me is how streaky the Rangers have been. <laughs> yeah, so it's either, it's either we finish this win streak out and finish just don't lose again, or we just fold. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's, there's two there's two things that I've been saying as an Astros fan: just beat them once, and they won't win again. Or you know, if they keep throwing out the same three relievers every single game for the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, the Astros are going to get them. I mean, it's not the same batters facing the same relievers, though. It's a lot of the same batters. <laughs> some of some of them. No, if you if if Kyle Tucker could just find something, like I really believe that that is the difference right now. It's just it, that it's a big part of it. Yeah, it, and it's it's guys especially with him at three. It's guys getting on base in front of Jordan. Like he's he's hit three home runs in this series, all three of them solos. Yeah, no, I was totally fine. Or two, two home when runs. he when he hit that first one and. I was like, dude, we're up four nothing. If we were ever gonna just give Jordan a home run, right now is perfect. There's nobody on base. We have a four nothing lead. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But out of Jordan's hit six home runs in the postseason so far, five of them have been solo homers. Jeez. You guys have got to get on base in front of him. Yep. You you cannot win a baseball game by yourself. No. As much as as much as many many guys have tried, <laughs> you can't. Jordan gave a good effort of it. He but. did. He definitely did. All right, we got back on that. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> I think we're done. Yes, we're done. <laughs> uh, sports. So uh, everybody have a good week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Beards out. out.